Hey fiends, I just wanted to jump in here at the very beginning and assuage any fears you might have. Um, if you are kind of spoiler averse and, you know, we're kind of curious if, the, if you should dive into this episode or not, we're, we're pretty light on spoilers here. So, I, you know, it, for the most part, I think you're pretty safe. Um, if you're like hardcore, you know, don't want to watch the trailer, uh, serious anti-spoiler, yeah, you may want to skip this and, and save it until after you've seen the movie. But, you know, we're, we're not going to go too in-depth in the plot the way that we normally do on a standard episode. So, um, either way, we hope you enjoy this, and we hope you enjoy Megan whenever you can get around to it. Take it away, Spooky Piano Man. The hosts feel it would be a little unkind to present this podcast without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now's your chance to. Well, we've warned you. Hello, and welcome once again to the Frankencast. I'm the mad scientist, Anthony Bowman. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm joined as always by... The troll knockoff that takes dumps. That is Eric Blasquez. My pronouns are also he, him. <laughs> you know what we're talking about. We're talking about Megan this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, and this movie, like, it, you know, it's... I think it did, like, crazy good in its opening weekend at the box office. Like, it is kind of taking the world by storm, which is super exciting. Uh, You gotta love when, like, original horror comes out and, you know, gets a lot of attention. Oh, Just means there's gonna be lots more. Also, Anthony, can we write this one off on our taxes since we actually (laughs) went to the theater to watch this? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, what, you know, how much ever the taxes of that, like 30 cents or something. <laughs> right, like that. I'm, I'm, Listen, man, every bit helps, okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm taking it. Right, exactly. <laughs> but but it's really good to see that basically the premise of uh, Child Play 2019 can actually make a good movie. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of similarities there. Um, but yeah, like it just, it, this, this time it works better. <laughs> it really does, yeah. It's like they actually cared or something. Uh, And I think a lot of that comes down to, like, the writer and director of this are both people who have done other really cool things. And Mm -hmm. I think that 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 says a lot about where this came from. So uh, Akilah Cooper wrote this. Um, Her previous two films are Hellfest, which I love and I think is highly underrated. Um, Really great slasher set in a haunted, like in a, you know, an attraction haunted house. And how many of those do you get, right? Yeah, it's it's such a neat idea because, like, there's already a bunch of fake scary stuff mixed in with the real scary stuff. And it just throws everything off like it. And, you know, it, like, I feel like there's a similarity. And then the other thing she did was Malignant. And I think mm-hmm. if you look at those three movies, they all have this uh, just, like, Camp. craziness to yeah. them. Like, it's every, every one of them is, like, cranked to 11. There's mm-hmm. just something 
uh, it's just going to go for it. You know, it's not going to like shy away from like just being so weird and out there. And I think that that's what works. Right. And I think another thing that helps this movie along is like there was definitely an artistic, there was an artistic cohesion in that mm-hmm. everything was uncanny valley mm-hmm. and it that that made it even better like you had yeah. uh what a young what uh amy donald is the actual physical body of megan whereas jenna davis is i think her voice and face or the, uh, like, okay yeah so it's just that like almost adult face on this child childish body but also mm-hmm. the face is basically all cg like it's just so creepy at all yeah. times. And also Megan's and the, a lot of fun, too. Yeah. He's a character. The, like, it, yeah, it's, this is definitely a movie that has like knows the, the line of like when to be scary and when to be funny and, and how to... to it, it's got some... It, it has some Sam Raimi vibes in a way. Like, it's not... It's not the kind of gross-out stuff that Sam Raimi does so well, but, like, mm-hmm. knowing how to be scary and funny together in in that sort of, like, madcap way that he is so good at. Well, as Anthony, like, Anthony could tell you, I was literally pointing out homages throughout this whole thing, right? <laughs> There's at least, yeah. at least two Evil Dead references, if not three, and the one that <laughs> may not be an Evil Dead reference is absolutely a Chainsaw Massacre reference if it's not. Yeah. Okay? I don't want to yeah. blow too much of it. um and then it also so the director is gerard johnstone who directed housebound Mm -hmm. which is another kind of he's from new zealand and they're new zealanders have a kind of a weird comedic mindset too like if you think of like taika waititi and like the flight of the concords people and stuff right there's just a certain surrealist humor that they kind of thrive in down there and i feel like that's definitely evident in this movie as well yeah, I mean, what, Babadook is Australian, right? It's not New Zealand, or is it New Zealand? Because it's like, that's sure. still, that same kind of, like, distilted, almost um, German expressionistic, like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Like, Yeah. Yeah, th- th- I guess it's just, yeah, that, that part of the world is just, you know, it's been stuck on its own for so long. Hey, they just have a very kind of weird way of doing things and it works well also not not new zealand but australians have to deal with literally everything around them will kill them (laughs) so unless they live in a city (laughs) um yeah so you know i mean i i I, i'm i don't know how much how far we want to dig into the plot of this because it's yeah i don't want to like spoil anything for anybody but you know base you know as far as like basic plot stuff goes this i mean it follows slasher structure you know like there there's there's like it would be hard to really spoil this movie like if you know if you've seen the megan trailer you have a rough idea of like how this is going to play out you know there's going to be a robot doll Mm -hmm. something's going to happen where she wants to start killing people and then you know we're going to get a big body count as she kills a bunch of people man uh, you know it's it's surprisingly low (laughs) For all the stuff that goes on, mm-hmm. but, yeah. but but also the the kills the kills are impactful each and every one of them. Yeah, the the kills in this are so weird and le- yeah, like there's some really fun kills in this. Yeah, well let's let's talk about the the adults in this this thing because I can tell you for one thing, if they are over the age of, we'll say twelve, 
I, I'm, I'm trying to be generous to Katie here. They suck, for the most part. <laughs> like, all the, all the adults suck. Her parents, they kind of suck. Her Gemma, or Gemma, who's... Gemma, we, yeah. Can we say that's her aunt? <laughs> if, yeah. Yeah, her aunt, um, who's also a toy maker, sucks. <laughs> you know, she's, they're all self-involved. Yeah. Uh, David, who, he's funny, played by Ronnie Cheng. Uh, he's hilarious. Also sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's a jerk. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's... Uh, he's a lovable jerk. He, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it is, so there is that, you know, like, it's kind of a common thing for, like, movie, like, you know, anytime you've got, like, kids as the main character, it's usually gonna have a lot of, like, oblivious adults who are missing out on things. Right. Um... Here, like, I th- you know, I mean... These are a little obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, and, like, Gemma figures out what's going on pretty quickly, and then, but... But I, I think the thing here is, like, Gemma is, you know, she's thrust into a situation. She's not planning yeah. on being a parent and suddenly is, like, Kinda in a situation is. where she needs to be a parent. Right, she's, uh, she's and career-oriented, she's, but she's really, she's really like a big kid, right? Because she has a bunch mm-hmm. of toys and... Anytime you mess with her. Yeah, she's got a bunch of, like, robot figurines. Angry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they're not toys. They're collectibles. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Sorry. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, you know, like, I think there's there's definitely... um, That ends up sort of feeding into... I think the central theme of this is, like, our reliance on technology. Mm -hmm. Like, our society in general... Uh, you know, like we've got, Gemma has like a smart home, you know, everything in the house, she talks for the lights to come on and everything. Um, yeah. And then we get like, her, her, her uh, smart house is called Elsie, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. And there's like a bit where like when, when Katie's staying with her and she wants, uh, needs to be like read a bedtime story and Gemma's like, oh, I don't have any kids books. So let me, let me download one on my phone. Yeah. And then she, yeah, and she's just like sitting there, and she's like, "Okay, wait, the app needs to update." And <laughs> then she just continues to sit there, and it's just like, you know, that's just such a real moment of us just like so reliant on our phones that when our phones aren't cooperating, we're we're frozen right. in the same way the phone is, um, and you know that that ends up being sort of like the central reason for for Megan sort of like being such a part of this this family is that like Gemma doesn't know how to be a parent but she, but she knows like how to program a robot to be a parent right. which is that's wild <laughs> you know if you think about it that way she she created something that does her job better than her i guess technically this is also about technology replacing us as people and family yeah because yeah yeah i mean megan's a good mom you know with all the ai discussion stuff going on now yeah yeah, yeah, and there is some interesting stuff there too, where it's like, wh- like one of there's there's one sort of like through line that's like a really minor thing, um, which is using a coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like early on, there's a moment where uh, Katie puts her drink down on a table, and uh, Gemma like picks up picks up the glass, puts a coaster under it, and sets it back down, and is like, you know, that's it, it can hurt the wood, you know, she's kind of. Uh, this is right after she like chastises her for touching her toys and stuff. So yeah. like she's not used to having other people touch her stuff, you know. Um, but then we get a little later uh, when she's doing like a there's like a montage of like Megan's abilities, 
and Megan gets uh, Katie to use a coaster, and then not only that is like let's have the, make this a science lesson. Yeah, yeah, condensation on the outside of the glass because it, you know goes through that, and and Katie's like that's really cool. Thanks. Right. It's like ah, oh, uh, you're you're a good parent, despite your other yeah. things later. <laughs> yeah. And then like there's there's one more time like uh, later on where Katie sets her glass down without a coaster and the coaster's sitting right next to it and at this point uh Megan has like sort of shifted her allegiances where she's now Ka- like her and Katie are the unit right. against Gemma. uh Gemma and like there's a moment where like Gemma and Megan like make eye contact like are you going to say something about the coaster and Megan's like you know is like nah I'm not like it's, right. I don't care about the coaster anymore <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's it's interesting seeing like taking something little like that and, and telling a little story within the story. Yeah, and that there's a lot of that through this, and even with like subtle little looks, you know, when certain mm-hmm. things are happening and Megan just kind of just glances either at the camera or at a character, and you're like, oh, okay, that's what she's planning. Yeah, for her to have like you know like a plastic uncanny valley robot face, they do a lot with a it, lot. like really subtle stuff. Yeah, and she has a, a great personality. <laughs> well, a personality. <laughs> um, they they do a really good job with her in terms of like, you know, when you have some like Annabelle or something where it's like this is a creepy doll, doll and it's creepy right out of the gate. And, like, there's no question of what this story is going to be. And Megan, you know, she does have, you know, with the Uncanny Valley, like, design, she is a little unsettling. But she's also, like, to start with, you can also see how, like, she, like, it's a positive thing. Mm -hmm. Like, she's, um, there's a moment when, like, Katie is crying, um, you know, and... Uh, it's like in the middle of when they're supposed to be doing a demo to show how great Megan is. And like all the developers are like, Oh fuck. Like this is ruined now. This, this little girl has, has messed everything up. Right. But the level and then of empathy Megan, that Megan expresses in that, that one scene. Yeah. Yeah. Like Megan does a great job. She, like she handles the situation. She comforts her. She gives her some tools to help her. You know, she's like, you know, if you're, if you're feeling like you're lo- like, I don't think this is like the first scene, so I don't think it's a spoiler to say that Katie's parents God. die. Like that's that's why she's with Gemma, mm-hmm. and you know Megan is like, if you you know if you're sad and you're afraid you're going to forget your parents, like there are ways you can take steps to remember them, and I can help you with that. I I'm a computer, right. I can record this, you know, and it's like n- not only is she helping her in the moment, but she's giving her tools to help herself in the future. Yeah. So yeah, it. It, it's slow like the 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 lead to megan's sort of like heel turn basically right. it, it feels earned oh yeah no doubt well there are other incidents that inspire it and one that in particular that may have caused it um by the way this might be a spoiler but if you're sensitive to this kind of thing anthony you, you let me know if you want to cut this the dog does die Oh yeah, I was gonna say we definitely need to because I, I know there's a lot of people who are cons- you know that that's something that they like to know in advance. There is a dog in this; it does die. Um, Not on screen exactly. Yeah, they they handle it pretty well in terms of like what they show, mm-hmm. and also, it, you know, it is a animal cruelty is not great ever. But this dog is a, like a a bad dog. <laughs> like he's a big dumb this dog, dog. Attacks. Yeah, and he like you know bites a kid and like also bites Megan and stuff. So it's yeah. like. 
it's not just like you know when michael myers just kills a dog for no reason yeah. like he's not a well, a well he's not a well-trained dog yeah, yeah. uh obviously doesn't deserve to die we should find a, a, a <laughs> place for him to thrive where he doesn't you know isn't going to hurt a kid right. but uh it's not like a tug at your heartstrings or, or like that kind of thing it's it's more you know an, an inciting incident into megan becoming overprotective right. to a degree it's almost a gag right yeah like it's it's yeah that's how it's handled more or less but uh yeah leading on to that i mean there is a definite progression Megan likes to take care of things, and <laughs> she does it in the, uh, I don't know, if maybe overboard way. Um, she chooses the nuclear option each time, but she gets pretty <laughs> yeah. close. Yeah, there is, and it's like, you can, like, a lot of times when you have stuff with AI and, and robots and stuff, there's, there's the issue of, like, them taking their objective too far. Like, I feel like it's like a Star Trek plot that happens a lot and everything mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, I've been, I, I'm programmed to protect the planet, and so now I'm going to kill all humans because, because they're, they're the thing the that's, yeah, or so, stuff like that. And in this case, it's kind of like she, like near the end, she's talking to Gemma and says something about our child right. talking about Katie. So, like, Megan has moved beyond being like Katie's toy. She now thinks she is Katie's mom, mm-hmm. and so she's going to do whatever it takes to keep Katie safe mm-hmm. and that that includes murder or or possible well is lo- saying lobotomy <laughs> is that a thing <laughs> forced lobotomy <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so she's uh you know i mean I, you know i feel like most of that you could probably kind of gather from the trailer to some degree but yeah it's it's um can we talk about that trailer Sorry. Can we yeah, yeah. I mean, that trailer like took the world by storm. Like, you know, primarily because of the dance scene. It is a good dance scene. It is fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. And, it, and and yeah, and the way it plays out in the actual movie is so good because it comes out of nowhere. It <laughs> uh, is like, yeah. I mean, with it, usually when when a movie uses a really good scene in a trailer, it's like, oh, you you've ruined it now. Like when I see the movie, it's not going to do much for me. Mm-hmm. But the way that it, that that moment happens in the movie, still just it comes out of nowhere so much that like even though you know what's getting ready to happen, you're still just like so excited that it's happening. Yeah, it, th- and that's a good trailer that makes you actually like when you're seeing watching the events unfold, you're like, that's that's what I came here for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like the you know they've the uh, the body actress for Megan is a, a trained dancer, and it, it worked like. I mean, beyond that dance, there are several other scenes where, like, Megan's body movements um, are graceful in a strange, awkward way that, like, requires a person, you know, who can do those kind of movements. Uh, and and there are events uh, where that her body is fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, especially when you're out in the woods or <laughs> near the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, like, again, kind of like the way that it progresses, like, the scary moments in this are scary. Like, they do a good job of, like, like, there's bits where you're just like, shit, like, that, <laughs> right? like she she does things that are genuinely unsettling. Right. And it's so good, though. And, yeah, once again, because I'm a big, you know, I, I like my, uh, I like my movies, uh, obviously, but there are so many homages in this thing. Like, to just... 
the weirdest the weirdest bits of trivia. I feel I feel like um, we talked about Frankenstein 2000 last time, and it, it feels like that. There's like a bunch of little things here and there, and um, mm-hmm. this we you, you probably need to cut what I'm about to say and put it at the end. But if you if you were on the fence about seeing this movie, I have two words for you: robot fight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, it's with something that is, uh, name, that is also an homage to Jaws. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, the ending of this, you know, I I want, don't want to do too much spoilers and stuff, Mm -hmm. but, like, I think we could literally tell you the end of this movie, and it would still be fucking awesome when you saw it. Like, you you can't spoil how great the ending of this movie is. It's really good. But... (laughs) Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll keep it to a minimum anyway. But uh, yeah, it's it's I I think it's not spoilable. No. Um, but yeah, it's just it, it's one of you know it's a rare movie that like fits together so well. Like there's just there's a lot of things going on, and um, I think I just recently saw the menu. I don't know if you've yeah. seen that. Yep. Uh, Thank you, Chef. And it, it yes, there. They're they're very different movies, but the yeah. one thing that they're similar in is that they they have a message, but the message isn't beating you over the head. Uh, but it's also not like completely obscure. Right. Like you, when you watch it, you know, kind of like you know, the menu is all about like capitalism and, and how wealth corrupts and everything, yeah. uh, and, and then not taking this is certain, about and taking things for granted, basically. Yeah. Whereas this is about, you know, our reliance on technology and, you know, uh, us, you know, replacing ourselves with AI and everything. Making ourselves Um, redundant, effectively. Yeah. But it does it in a way that, you know, it doesn't feel like it's homework, like you're having a great time. It's fun. It's funny. It's scary. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's just, it's got everything you want out of a horror movie. That's right. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I mean, especially, like like I said, if you're a big nerd like me, and it's like, oh, that's the thing from the movie. You know, that's that's another thing that's in this for you. Uh, the action, the action's great. The gags are funny. Like, mm-hmm. each one got a chuckle out of me. And like I said, the, the uh, actresses for uh, Megan, they just, they got so much sass. And it works. <laughs> and the... Um... The like, I mean, all the acting, the the mm-hmm. you know, um, Allison Williams, you know, obviously she was in Get Out. She's great. She does a really good job in it. And the the girl who plays Katie, um, I saw something. She, she played Nell in The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, Violet the, McGraw. The, yeah, but her sister was in some. What was? I swear, I just saw like she's in another movie that came out this year. Um, Oh, she's the sister in the black phone. Oh, so like, yeah. Oh. So these these two sisters are both in like two of the best movies that have come out in the past year. Wow. Okay. Fair uh, enough. So yeah, I I feel like we're gonna be seeing a lot more from yeah. them both uh, over the next few years. I mean, that would be a di- what a dynasty of screen queens, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So there you go. That's that's a uh, that's pretty cool. Oh, also, have you ever wanted to almost cry when a robot sang uh, Titanium to you? <laughs> Just wondering. 
the the songs in this are a really nice touch too like because and they're again a thing that rides that line where it's like they they feel like sweet moments but they're also a little unsettling Mm -hmm. you know i think that's the thing you know like anytime you have like little kids singing like you know it it automatically just like triggers something in our brains where it's just like the kids singing like the freddy song or something it's just it's uh, it's just a a little creepy but every time like megan sings several times and it's always in these like sweet moments where like somebody needs to be comforted and she's helping with that it's just a little off-putting yeah yeah um which is yeah it's a fine line to be able to do both of those at the same time and and she manages it fair enough there's also one thing that i i'm just going to put this out there in the world that maybe somebody can tell me maybe you can tell me if not maybe somebody can write in and tell me there's a moment where the camera lingers on a butterfly and then on an airplane and i feel like it's trying to tell me something (laughs) and i don't yeah because do you you know do you remember the moment where it's like it's when so like katie is playing outside and megan is inside the house watching her out the window um and then like megan like you know she's looking out the window and a butterfly lands on the window and she watches the butterfly for a minute and then she like looks up in the sky and a plane flies by Mm -hmm. and then she just starts watching katie again and that's it we never get in and it's just like I wonder because like a little bit before that we have a moment where like Gemma tells Megan about death right. because you know Katie's dealing with you know and I guess butterflies are a very transient thing that they only live for a short time so maybe that's what we're... right and they they go through that metamorphosis and all that yeah and and like a little bit after that like because katie is playing with like a suction cup bow and arrow and she fires one at the window where megan is and it hits the glass right in front of megan and she's like you're dead so it feels like there's like some references to life and death there Mm -hmm. that's the the only thing i could pull out of that but it just it felt like something's here that i'm not quite picking up on yeah yeah i would hate to i would hate to say it's a reference to final destination hopefully not but it almost (laughs) seems like maybe it's something to do with the butterfly effect to a degree but yeah I'm definitely going to be watching this again. Right? Maybe I'll pick something out of it. You know, a, 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 you know, talking about you know not wanting to spoil too much and like you know, uh, this being a movie we we saw in theaters, we we went in with our little notepads <laughs> and tried to like watch it and take notes without being able to like see pause yeah. and so, so yeah and or yeah and <laughs> see in our living room. So uh, you know, it was it was different watching something this way and having to try to like keep track of. I went back and was reading my notes, and I was like, "What the hell what was I, I talking about?" about? I, like, I, I, I can't read this word at all. Right? <laughs> I, I barely got some, but then I'm like, uh, um, <laughs> I, I got random shit because that's me. I just, uh, I don't know what scene it was in reference to. I just have written now. What is ball? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I know it's between some time of Gemma getting embarrassed and uh, Katie. Uh, I'm, I apparently wanted Katie to lead a dance. Don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember. But I'm definitely gonna. Yeah, this is this is a multiple watcher. Like, mm-hmm, if, if this isn't on my Halloween like list, I, I it might be. <laughs> it might be now. And I've heard that they already like have an unrated like gorier version that's what? gonna be the one that comes out on home video. What? Yeah. Oh, we're gonna have yes. to watch that. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna be getting that when it comes oh, out. Oh hell yes. Uh, well, not only that though, uh, there's there's a uh, amazing amount of advertisements for toys 
for for those big kids. And man, I want to work at Funky. <laughs> Can I get that job? Yeah, we we didn't even say that, but that's how the movie starts is just with a commercial for a toy. Uh, and it's it's called the Perpetual Pet, Bro, and it, it looks kind of like. Well, the advertisement of that is what uh, these pets won't die on you, or something like that. What is that? Yeah, because it's like, are you sad because your dog died? died? Right. Well, here's a here's a pet that won't die. It's a little robot Furby thing. Right. That poops, and uh, makes weird noises. <laughs> yeah, it, like it, it it looks like a an, a scary looking Furby, but you it also has a. An iPad game that you can play. A- Anthony, you just said the same thing twice. <laughs> Scary looking Furby. <laughs> but like you can feed it like a Tamagotchi mm-hmm. with your iPad and then it will poop out candy. Right. That, yeah. I think t- <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's right. I mean, yeah, pretty much. At least that, that play sounds like fun until the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and because that, that is that's like the, at the beginning, you know, we've got Katie with her parents in the car, yeah. and she's playing with that, and the parents are like talking about how much screen time they want to let her have. Yeah, it basically leads which, up you to know, the inciting incident, effectively. Yeah, and then that you know that all changes when she moves in with Gemma, who doesn't have any concept of like limiting screen time, right? Because she's you know not a parent; she's a nerd herself who's just going to play on her you know computer all day. Yeah, B- building robots. Some that are only yeah. half finished that you have to control with a power <laughs> glove. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this is straight up the Nintendo power yep. glove. Ah, so good. <laughs> if we haven't convinced you to try it, I don't. I watch this movie. I don't know what we could what we can say to get you to do it. Yeah, I mean, like for this movie to like, it will be hard for this movie to get knocked out of like top ten lists. Oh, yeah. of, of like best horror movies of the year. Like, which is it's a ballsy thing to do to put out a movie in like january <laughs> those always get forgotten about by the end of the year but no. I-, I think megan is going to stick around people are going to be talking about it all year well yeah i mean we've got to wait and see what happens in mega megan too i yeah i, I hear that that's gonna maybe happen it has to uh, <laughs> especially with the yeah ending. i mean it has to oh yeah 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 i mean like when a movie does this well like yeah. you know it, it's inevitable we, we've we've seen the franchise we know what it is I hope yeah. I hope the next and one's it, called Megan 2.0. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it. It does feel like you know Hollywood. You know they've they've done like a lot of like legacy sequels with the Halloweens and the Screams and everything, but there's a lot of like new properties that are happening, and Hollywood is like starting new franchises. Like I think you know Terrifier 2. I think is definitely going to lead to a Terrifier 3 Which, because it blew up as well. Yeah. And, after the first uh, one, I'm I'm surprised, and then what? The original was All Hallows Eve, so technically Terrifier Two is actually Terrifier Three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, it's it is nice that we're getting a couple movies like this that are that like the horror community is embracing and is really loving, but that like the normies are really getting into as well yeah. because that's how we get more good horror exactly. is when you know when people outside of our little like niche community also get on board. Yep. I mean that's what uh, that's what happened with the Exorcist, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, or like Scream. I mean, Scream. you know, horror was basically dead, and then Scream came out, and like everybody got on board, and suddenly we had like a boom of like new slashers and yeah. stuff. Well, yeah, it was also like that with what Freddy Krueger, right? 
when like the third or fourth one came out and everyone was like, you know what, this is fun, stupid. We're we're even going to give him a uh, rap album, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. So yeah, it's like that happens every couple of years. So yeah, I'm I'm here for Megan. Yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 2022 was such a great year for horror, and with this being like the Kickstarter to 2023, I think we've got another really great year ahead of us. That's right. All right. Um, do we have anything else to say, Anthony? Ah, uh, yeah. I think that's it. I, yeah, I don't. Without getting it too much further into the plot, yeah. I mean, like, it's just this is a thr- like this is essential watching, like. If you if you're you know not in a place where you can see it in the theaters or you're, you know it's not safe health wise for you or whatever, as soon as this hits you know DVD and streamers and stuff, you need to to get out there and see this because it's it's so good. It is. Well, you know, Anthony, we've seen um, the good version of this, so I I, I kind of have a little bit of I kind of have a little bit of uh, masochism going on in me, <laughs> and uh, maybe we should watch the bad version of this. <laughs> Yeah, as you alluded to early on, um, this this has a lot of similarities to the uh, the Chucky remake from a couple of years ago, or the Child's Play right. remake, I guess I should say. Um, you know, the the original run of Chucky is not really very Frankenstein-y. No. It's you know, it's all voodoo. It's you know, it's an actual person's soul. But this, you know, that remake had a different story that is very similar to Megan, uh, in that you know, it's a created creature that or robotic creature that then it's a mind of its own yeah. and and yeah things go awry so uh we're yeah i i haven't seen this movie since the theaters mm-hmm. so i'm interested to revisit it oh you're in for a treat <laughs> <laughs> honestly like well, well we'll talk about that later yeah. i have feelings I'm, about I, it. yeah i i remember being like this is fine but not as good as i want it to be and i'm sure watching it right after megan is going to make it seem even less good <laughs> yeah uh, but but i you know i mean the chucky the, the whole child's play series has been so good in recent years that you know uh, i i'm excited to even though this one's sort of like outside of the continuity i'm still excited to revisit it yeah we'll give it a watch all right anthony where can they find us all right yeah so you know you can find us in most social media platforms at this point. We're at the Frankencast. Um, you know, Twitter, Instagram are still the main ones, but we're Tumblr, Hive, uh, Mastodon. Heck, we even got a Reddit. Um, we need to post more yeah, on that got, Reddit, but we have it. We have one. Yeah, yeah. If you all are interested in the Reddit, get on there and start talking to us, and we'll we'll do more. I think so. All of them are the Frankencast, except I think the Reddit is the the underscore Frankencast. Um, you can also email us at thefrankencast at gmail.com. Um, and, you know, we've got the, a little community at the patreon.com slash thefrankencast. We'd love to hear from you there as well. We're, you know, we're always trying new things. It's a new year, so, you know, if you've got new things you want us to kind of get into, um, we'd love to hear from you, see what, you know, see what, what interests you. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of cool things planned, but, you know, we're always open to more suggestions there. All right, well, in that case, Anthony, to be continued. Looks like you survived another episode. The Freaking Cast is a production of FCR Media. It's hosted by Anthony Bowman and Eric Velasquez. Follow us on Twitter at The Freaking Cast or send us a letter at thefreakingcast at gmail.com. 
Our cover art is by Amanda Keller. You can find her at Keller Illustrations on Instagram. Our theme music is by Vivek Abhishek. Thanks for listening.